1: Your beauty is out. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel. IHealth Radio, where do you host Hurricane Age? As always, new guest, new show, new day, new topic and today's uh, again it's a, a a dear topic to my to, to to my heart to myself to my family uh, it's a topic that is not there's not enough discussion about at least you know uh, we need to do more and my guest today is going to really take us over this topic and subject in in, deep <laughs> in a deep you know way and hopefully we can you know benefit as listeners and audiences right now from this particular discussion that we're going to have today and my dear guest and uh, my guests actually uh, will talk about a lot of things and you guys are going to be very impressed with who she is and uh, uh, everything that, that's about her is going to be impressive. I, and I have to say, and again, I'm being a little funny about this because I haven't introduced you yet. Well, once you see her and once you hear about her, it's going to be a whole different uh, time, fun time. It will be fun time. That's it. And she is an author. She wrote a book and this book can change lives literally. And we're going to talk about that. So I've been mysterious enough <laughs> with me today. I have Lynn Bowman. And again, she's author of a diabetic, you know, concept book. And we'll talk about all that. So first things first, Lynn, welcome to the show. And thank you for being with us.
0: I am so happy to hear you talk about me. It's great. I, I'm, I'm really feeling good now.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, so, great to so, be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I, I totally appreciate the idea that, that the fact that you're with us. I know you have a lot of things to do in life, and, but I know you have a mission is to help people and, and give them real advice. And, you know, one thing about you that's so special is, as you said to me before the show, is I am old, but I enjoy it. And I want to tell the world about it. And, and, you know, here age is actually a beauty thing because sometimes we use age as a, a qualifier or disqualifier. Age is, shouldn't be. Uh, it's how we deal with age and how we age and how we live our lives. And you've had a very, like I was talking to you earlier about your background, such a diversified background. I mean, you have been an actress, a journalist, a, you were a, a weather person on TV. You've done so many things. You've helped some very, very famous people. And you were featured with Didriol and 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 did some stuff with her in, in public. So there's a lot of stuff about you that people would enjoy today. So So I summarized it, but let's get deeper. Tell us about Who is Lane Bowen? Uh,
0: Well, you said I'm old. And so uh, it's a long story, Hurricane. And and when we go back to the the, uh, you know, sort of resume items, when I started out in the professional world in 1964, 1965, 1966, we we women didn't plan out our lives and plan our careers. We just did what was there because th- there was nothing available to us, really. You could be a teacher, you could be a nurse, you know, but mainly it was you were being brought up to be a wife and a mother and uh, that, was, that was about it. Harvard was not co-ed, it was all guys. So, and, and, and I say that because it was representative of the whole world that was in front of us. But starting in, I guess, a big way in 1964, which was the year that I graduated from high school, we lit a match to a lot of that stuff. We just blew it up <laughs> and it got kind of crazy. And, but it, it, in that time, we just did what we could do. I grew up in LA, I, I grew up in Pasadena actually and was born in Hollywood of all places to be born. So when we went out to get jobs, it just happened that a lot of them were in show business. You know That was the, it was a company town. Now was the business that was there be done so a lot of my friends were in show business and um and when i say show business i don't mean having great parts you know and stuff i mean people who were sweeping the floor and hanging the drapes and you know this was what we were doing so yeah some of my first jobs were um sound a little glamorous when you say it and i love to hear you say it but uh they were just jobs they were what was available to be done and um i left ucla in 1966 and just thought it was boring and stupid and didn't make any sense at all i wanted to work i wanted to travel i wanted to do stuff and so um i went on a one-way ticket to europe uh, which who does that anymore but back then it seemed like a good idea <laughs> so i went and uh, you know things happened and I don't know where do we start this thing the whole diabetes thing now i'm going to slam us forward from the 60s into the present day uh well let's say halfway along i found out in my 40s that i was a type 2 diabetic which was unusual because most people don't find out until later and because diabetes as you know i think you know this is doesn't have symptoms. You don't know you have it. The only way you know you have it is to get a blood test, the hemoglobin A1C blood test. And that tells you what your blood glucose has been over a period of time. So, and and I, I wanna say right now to anybody who's listening, especially you men, you, um, you're not good about this. You don't go and get your checkup every year you don't want anybody telling you what to do or what to eat or anything else. But please, for me, and for anyone who loves you, go and get tested if you're over 40. Now, that's probably not you hurricane, because you're so young looking. But maybe you're over 40. And have you had your hemoglobin a1c test? Yes, I did. All right. (laughs) Okay, great. When, when?
1: As a matter of fact, only a couple of months ago. So.
0: <laughs> Good. All right. How are you doing?
1: Uh, awesome. So, for, by the way, I, the reason I do it is because, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, my your mom mother. is diabetic, so I, I do have uh, a very high chance of of you know being diabetic over time as, as I age, and uh, so I have to monitor you know yearly, and I do yes. that actually pretty often. So,
0: but the old thinking was that your genes were destiny on this. They're not. They're absolutely not. You can make a decision and take control and pretty much avoid it, pretty much prevent it. And if you do start edging into diabetic territory, you can pull it back. It's all in what you do and think and eat and sleep. Uh, and it's, it's not just carbs. You know, We kind of used to think that it was just about carbs and sugar. And the the newer information, actually, and I don't know if you're ready for this. Go for it. You're a a pretty brave guy, I think. But the the new information is that it is meat and dairy consumption, it is animal fat.
1: I'll buy that. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, there's more to this than people know,
0: there's more to this. So it's the it's the quality of the carbohydrates that you're eating. For sure. But I, I went to, uh, I mean, I had the book about half done, and I went to this conference in 2019, the Plantricians Conference it was called. And this was a thousand doctors from all over the world who are kind of, they're, they're surgeons, they're MDs, but they're kind of renegades because they're the people who believe in healing with food. And that makes them. Not in alignment with the American Medical Association, particularly, but the, so they all got together, as many as could fly to Oakland, California, and um, I, for some reason, I just had to go to that conference. I really needed to put myself there, and I did, and I and I took a little printout from my book, a little kind of uh, promotional thing, and thought I would talk to these docs and find out if they would use it in their practice and so on. So for eight hours. Well, no, it was more than that. It was from eight in the morning until about eight o'clock at night, every day for five days, PowerPoint presentations, which for me is close to torture. But I sat there and I watched this and it was data and more data and then still more data. And these docs would get up and tell their stories. And I realized that I was gonna have to rewrite the book. I was gonna have to retool the recipes and, and do it a different, slightly different way because the evidence was clear that the reason your body cannot take up the glucose is because of fat in your cells that clog it up and prevent your cells from processing the glucose. And for all these years, (laughs) I thought it was carbs you know and I and I mean I never met a pork chop or a steak I didn't like it it was I (laughs) was a big time meat eater and I mean but I watched I did my best with my weight and you know I tried to eat a lot of vegetables and stuff so my husband picked me up and um are you married yes okay then you know that when I said to him When I got in the car, I said, guess what? Yeah, right? Uh What (laughs) Uh what strikes cheer in every man's heart? Guess what? And he said, what? And we we drove a few more blocks and I said, I'm vegan now. I'm going vegan. And he Mm -hmm. said, I actually didn't say anything for another maybe mile or two. And then he said, I'm in. And for six months, and I had just had my blood work done. And for six months, I was absolutely strictly vegan, not one bite of animal related food entered my body for six months, went back got retested hemoglobin a1c down three points. You know what that that's means? that's big. It's big. And my doctor said to me, gee, Lin, this just doesn't happen in women your age. And as I like to do, I said, oh yes, it does. It just did. Um, That's what I want people to understand that there is so much more control in their decisions about this. And I want them to have this information. People, (laughs) it's not necessarily something that people love hearing because the idea that you're gonna be deprived of a food that you love is like, oh, got here. And that's why I did the book the way I did it. And that's why it's called Brownies for Breakfast because the fact of the matter is you can eat fabulous food, better food than you've ever eaten, more interesting, more colorful, better texture, more spice, more thoughtful, more beautiful in every way you are not going to feel like you're giving up anything, but it will not only extend your life, and this is all science, I'm not making this up. It will, even more important, make the life that you have a lot closer to the life that you want. You know, and you, I, you'll back me up on this. Men particularly see their death as a thing that's going to happen at some point in the far future. Maybe in a race car, or falling out of an airplane, or jumping off a cliff, or taking children out of a fire, or something. Right? It's going to be some heroic, fast thing, that, And you know, that's not how people die.
1: It may, maybe used to be thought that way. I don't think so. I mean, in today's age, I mean, people die of heart attacks and and disease and stuff. It's just crazy, and and you know, well, it's, it's amazing. The
0: way people are dying is long and slow.
1: And suffering too. Yeah.
0: Suffering. It involves wheelchairs, dialysis, endless intervention. And another thing that it sounds, you know, this isn't exactly health, but the truth of the matter is that's how Americans are going broke. 85% of the bankruptcies in this country are health related because not only is it going to take all of your energy and your health and your vitality, it's going to take all your money medical bills to pay the bills. And, um, and it's preventable. In most cases, it's, I I mean, hugely preventable, not everybody, not everything, things happen. You know, I I, I mean, (laughs) plenty of people would be happy to see me fall over tomorrow, I'm sure. And just, but as far as you can change your daily routines, and and the way you're thinking about it, the way you can have a huge effect on how long you're going to live and how well you're going to live and how much fun you're going to have living.
1: Thank you, Lynn. That's that, that was a lot of information. And, and I want to take a moment to just kind of break it down a little bit. Okay. And I want to retract back a little bit to the original discussion that you had about just uh, your experience early on in getting the, in the business world. And the reason I say that is because you and I had that little quick discussion before about, um, the experience of someone at your age and uh, what you've seen what you've heard what you've been through and all the stuff is all lessons to be learned to the new generation and the next generation and sometimes we don't have enough value coming in from folks that have been there out there seen it and, and done it right and you said it i mean when you mentioned something about in the 64 you know that the, the women had only few opportunities that's something that's a lot of people listening to me like, really, they might not even know about this because it's part of history now, It's it's gone. I mean, some people may not even be aware that that was how bad it was, even through the 70s. Yeah. Ancient
0: and, history, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's not that that far back, but but because of the development, because of a lot of things that happened, I mean, we tend to forget that only in the 70s, you know, uh, the women liberation movement, you know, really began and, and it's really just a few, few years back uh, to half a, half a century, it's not even that long, right? And when you think about all this, uh, it's 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 mind-boggling. I mean, you said it, and it just kind of clicked on my brains right now. Like, wow, I didn't even realize that. You know, it, that's how far it goes away. It's deep. But it's real.
0: Well, it, it's very real. In the 60s, when I started out, the way you got a job was you looked in the newspaper. And there was help-wanted men and help-wanted women. Two entirely separate places in the newspaper and of course the 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 one for women was shorter uh but it was a totally different kind of job than was available to men and um the only thing that that kind of kept me from falling over totally into the the women only thing was because i i was an art major i was an artist and i uh could write i could spell i could um I could use the language pretty well and so uh my first job in advertising 1966 in an advertising agency downtown LA and what we were doing was I was painting the plates that went into a printer because in those days we printed on these presses right and and I would complain I, I would say but the words that you have with these pictures are you don't you? And of course, they I, and I would say, Would you like me to do something? And they'd say, Yeah, fine, fix it. Okay. So I would, but that allowed me to say on my resume, or in those days, we didn't have really a resume, but um, I would say, people, Yes, I, I have written advertising copy professionally. You know, even though all I was doing, right, was changing the words on these plates. But, and that's how you, you, you take what you have and you make the most of it. And, um, I, you know, it, it went on from there. And then the big break I got, hurricane was, um, and this is not gonna sound like a break, but I had to run away with my life, with my kids, two, three, and four from North Carolina, because I was married to a guy who was falling apart. He became violent. Uh, He was a vet and that's a whole other story. Uh, Marine, Vietnam, all that. So I put my kids and myself on a train in 1980 and we came across the country to the Silicon Valley because my sister was there and she said, okay, just come out, just do whatever you can do. And um, I lived in her driveway in a camping tent, try one of those pop up things with my kids um, until I figured out, you know, what I was going to do next. And to make a long story short, um, because a a couple of people said, you need to write that out, you need to write that story, right? And, and my, I don't know if you've seen there's a there's a series, uh, apparently on Netflix called made. I did. Okay. And my kids said to me, she was a wimp ma. you know, (laughs) you ought to write your story. It's much better, so I don't, I don't doubt that it was a good story, but um, I've got one, and so I landed in the Silicon Valley in 1980, but m- the luck part of it was that it was the microcomputer revolution, hmm. so my sister, an engineer, sat me down, and that's a whole other story, how did she get to be an engineer, that, that's a, another thing, uh, self-taught to a great extent, she sat me down to her Apple II computer and said, you're going to learn how to use this because this is going to be survival for you. And I'm going, no, it's okay. I can't. And she, no, no, you know, shut up. You got to sit down. You got to do this. And so I, I, then I could type because we learned, we were women, we all learned how to type so I could type, but she taught me how to write advertising copy on a computer. So when I got my first freelance job with an agency, I come in with this computer under my arm and they're like, wow, she crazy. What, you you can't, you know, and, but I was able then I was in the right place at the right time for the wrong reason. But I, I, for the next 20 years made my living writing about technology for people who didn't understand it. So it was ads and so on for things, this new world of computer technology for consumers who had no idea what a modem was or why they would want it or whatever. So that was lucky for me. And I was able to make a decent living and bring up my three kids by myself.
1: Len, you are a pioneer (laughs) in a lot of areas. I mean, you know, whatever you're talking about right now, for a lot of listeners right now or viewers, they'd be like, Wow. I mean, it, this is, we take a lot of these things for granted these days. And, <laughs> but you, that was live. I mean, you had to go through these things and, and make it. But you, you're talking about Apple too. I mean, that's like, you know, wow. Ancient <laughs> history. I know. I mean, you talking about Ancient some stuff. You, yeah. you know, you're like the original blogger.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, my sister and I had an online business in 1992, I think it was um and at the time it was just like nobody who's doing that is that that's crazy you know kind of thing but we were i have come from a family of nerds my dad was an engineer my sister is an engineer uh my now husband of many many years is an engineer and um and and in this area that's what people oh, do no. you know mm-hmm. that's just the way it is so i it was interesting for me because my thing was communications and I landed at this intersection between technology and people. Um, and so I was translating for them, for regular folks.
1: Well, well, well listen, Lane, I mean, I'm listening. I'm, I'm enjoying this actually, because I, personally I'm learning uh, because sometimes it's important to realize, you know, what, where we were, where we are today. And I think for our younger, you know, folks and listeners and, and actually some, these shows are actually broadcasting all over the world right now. So uh, people can be in countries where they still live in some of the times where women may not have the same equal rights and so on and so forth. So yes, it it is it is amazing. Yes, we're in the 21st century, and
0: we do not have equal rights in this country.
1: Don't kid Uh, yourself. uh, I, I'm, I'm not even getting there because I know that's a very very true no what do mean well again we've come a long way but we're not there yet I mean're we not
0: there that. yet
1: no. yeah and and, and I think we had a, a show before where we, we we talked about it a little you know as, as as briefly as we could but but you're right there's still a lot of work to be done on this and, and that area yep. and but 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 still I mean your your journey to, to, to today I mean it's a lot of different struggles a lot of different you know, I guess, breakthroughs and and different things. I mean, but but it's all good then for folks, even it's very inspirational that you were able to do a lot of things. uh, Even though the circumstances in the world was kind of almost anti everything that you believed in and you were willing to do. It's amazing.
0: And the the truth of the matter is now, young people are coming into the professional world with an understanding that they're not going to have like one job that they do for they, they might have 15 or 20, they might go from anthropology to teaching to scientific uh, research in another field. I mean, it, it, it's, it's always about adaptability and taking whatever skills you have and moving forward and looking and seeing and then jumping in wherever you think you can jump in. But, but now more than ever, I mean, our dads, my dad, you know, they kind of entered the world thinking they would have a career in a place and they would move up in that company and they would be there for 50 years and get a watch and so on. And then they would, and you used the word retirement earlier, right? Yes. Well, if you've always worked pretty much for yourself, how do you retire? What, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, I can't even take a nap, right? I think I should <laughs> a lot of times, but um. Uh, the, the more autonomy you have. And, and by the way, don't you think it's interesting that in recent years it's been found that in addition to food and shelter and reproduction, humans need autonomy and maybe as the number one need that they have before food and shelter and reproduction. We need autonomy. So no wonder some of us are thrilled to no longer be in cubicles. You know, COVID, as nasty as it is, has done some of us a real favor by showing us the value of being free, right? Of, of getting out of that building and getting out of that car and being home. And it, in my book, I talk a lot about the problem with eating with food now. You know, this, you know, this, the problem is manufactured food, fast food, H-
1: hold that thought lean. <laughs> Sorry, hold that thought. I just <laughs> wanted to, to, to break down a little bit more on, on what you said. Okay. First of all, first of all, you're right. I mean, I think we were we the, the fact that someone, as you said, your father, it's not even back to your, your father's time. Even when I started my career path, the idea, again, career path, you started a job, you want to stay in that job, and you want to grow. And I did produce enough, you know, growth in it to, to get to the top of, you know, the ladder in my field, right? And, but you're right, there's nothing more than having that autonomy, uh, being independent, having your own company and enterprise, and you're right. The, the traditional school of thought was you go to school, you get into a job, you have a career, you stay in it, you retire, and now you're not doing anything. Now you're sick, and you know life and is gone. Die. Exactly, die. exactly. And 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 I've I, I've used this this story, which happened to someone that I was working with. His father literally retired the same day he died the next day, uh, and and it was just like you work forty something years only to just not even enjoy life. So I always tell people enjoy life for every minute. I mean, it's precious. Uh, you cannot get every minute that goes, this second is gone. It's not coming back. And so take the best of it, make the best of it and, and, and live your life. And you're right. Uh, when COVID hit, the debate about, you know, being physically in an office and you have to clock in and clock out has almost, you know, because the idea of you have to produce, you have to be somewhere has been almost like a myth that was busted. It's not even real because people have been able to produce. I mean, some jobs you, you can't, you have to be physically there, but some other jobs, you can't function, you know, remotely, And it has been, the word didn't stop. We continued, most of the companies survived and they made it through. And a lot of people, even some of the largest companies have adopted now, you know, just work from home, tele, you know, uh, communication, you know, systems such as, you know, Zoom and all the other technologies now. And that's real, but, but the mentality has shifted. Like you said, something about us being in that uh, predicament of like, you're starting a job from school and just keep up. Well, today, you're right. The new generation, like my son, he's like, dude. I mean, he had already like 10 jobs already, <laughs> you know, and he's bouncing. He hasn't found his own thing, but I, there's a lot of yo- younger folks right now that think in business, go for business on their own. And some of them, you know, get into the digital world. Some of them get into the, the media world uh, with the technology that they have today. Some people don't even leave their homes. They're just living online and stock and all these things. So there's more today that we've had, obviously in technology, you know, we've progressed a lot. And that made the whole difference. And you're right, it affected also the way we eat. Now we can we can get back into the, the food business because when you also stay home now and you're in front of screen, that actually did uh, affect psychologically speaking, a lot of people, and even the, 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 the food habits or the eating habits, because some folks, they consume what they work and they're sitting in an environment, they're not moving. They're not as mobile as they used to be. And they also, it's easy to order now. <laughs> Your food comes to you. You don't have to do or it. DoorDash, door <laughs> GrabHub, yeah. you name it. You know, the, the food comes to the door. And I, it's, as a joke, I actually even had a company I started that's called Errands, just for that same purpose. So, so the concept of like, you know, delivering food and not going out there has been a lot easier. Uh, then you said the biggest piece is that the manufactured food. Yeah, uh, and or even outside. Period. Even when you go outside, you eat in food as high salt, high this, high that. I mean, it's not as you know the quality that you would f- fix yourself.
0: Well, it, the okay, I, I, this is such go, a big topic, and you know you're going to get me wound up here. Um, there, there is a trillion dollar industry that is dedicated to addicting you to crappy food. And it's worked. It's been very successful. And there is a lot more recognition now of how that's done and the fact that it is done. For a long time, we just kind of, I think, had a naive idea that if it said healthy on the package, if it's that, oh, it was probably fine. You know, it's probably healthy. But uh, there is no question. And again, and this is science-based, lots of studies that sugar, for example, is every bit as addictive as heroin? They are, they poison. Yeah, it's poison. It's absolutely poison. And yet people will say to me frequently, they'll say, Well, how can I, how can I cut down on sugar? And what Grandma Buzzkill here likes to say is, so what would you say if I said, Well, I'm gonna cut back on my heroin? How, how does that sound? <laughs> um it doesn't work uh you have to go through rehab you have to quit you have to stop eating those substances that are so highly addictive that you are eating stuff at 11 o'clock at night in front of the tv you don't even you don't know what you're eating you don't know how much of it you've eaten because it's literally engineered to keep you eating and it works it does I mean, you, no one is going to deny this you've all everybody and and um one of the things i learned at the plantricians conference that i mentioned was that the most addictive prepared food this isn't going to surprise anybody the very most predictive uh most addictive one is pizza because you can't eat a slice of pizza right or even <laughs> two slices of pizza i mean people don't put a lot of pizza back in the fridge to eat the next day Um, it is but it is literally scientifically measurably addictive so that's what people are eating they're driving through no hardly anyone is cooking on a routine basis in the united states now people are not cooking and then the corollary of that is it is virtually impossible to be really healthy. Unless you do cook. You cannot eat prepared food, restaurant food, packaged foods, and be healthy. You I'm sorry, you can't. So uh, again, so I'm here with all the bad news. for No,
1: no, listen, thank you for sharing. I mean, I, and you're right, this this is all Some serious business. Continue, because I know you still have a thought there. And then I want to just make some comments.
0: Well, um, so I'm here to say that it is easy to cook. It's fun to cook. And you parents are making a big mistake, not teaching your children to cook if you're not, and not sitting down with your children, and not teaching your children to be at the table with you to use utensils and cloth napkins and to have a conversation and i'm not making this up families two generations now hardly ever use utensils they're eating chicken bits all the time they're eating hamburgers all the time so they they, they go to baseball and they go to choir and they go to all these other things but they are not learning how to eat with each other and food isn't just food. Food is culture and connection. And it's a sacrament. I mean, it's your connection with the earth. So chicken bits aren't going to get you there. They're just not
1: well, they're, they're chicken bits. We don't know if it's real chicken. That's another story. We can talk about that.
0: But <laughs> well, we w- let's talk about it. Because in fact, when you stop eating factory food, which is chicken bits, factory raised animals you're not only helping yourself and your kids but you're helping the earth you you are doing one of the most important things you can do as a consumer to cut pollution and save a great deal of grief not only for the chickens but for all of the people who live in the vicinity of that chicken plant they're horribly polluting the pork producers the beef producers the um all of it is uh, factory farming is a huge, horrible problem in this country and many others, uh, pollution-wise. So if you don't want to do it for yourself, and I hope you do, I hope you'll do it for the cows, the chickens, the pigs, and the earth. Uh,
1: listen, Lynn, you, you you brought up so many great points right now, and I just want to kind of break out some of them. One is the, the sugar addiction, as you said uh, which, which most people may not even think how much sugar they need daily. And it's less than a small spoon of sugar if, at, at most, if you need it just for, for intake and the list, the listing well, that, that is true. But, but I'm saying even the most, that's the least you that's the most you should get if you're going to do it. And unfortunately uh, that's not the case. Everything we have today as high between sodium and sugar it's not even funny it just you know it's amazing how much you intake that's just i'm talking about raw sugar and stuff that but it's not even the real sugar it's not like you know cane sugar it's just sugar that's manufactured we don't know how it's processed and then you have all the other substitutes and stuff like that that's one two you mentioned something about pizza and food like eating habits uh you're right Uh, then first of all the younger generation right now it's all about you know burgers nuggets uh, pizza. I mean, the menu is very limited, <laughs> and it's repetitive, and it, a lot of it is just outdoors food, and, and it's not really healthy. Then you you mentioned something about the fact of sitting like a culture, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at your screen right now and looking at the background. You you have a nice little table there. It's about it's the fact actually.
0: It's I, huge. I know,
1: I know, I see. But 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 think about this, right? It's about that time where everybody's eating at the table. We share stories. How's your day and stuff. That's already lost. I mean, I, I challenge sometimes I'm challenged with my own family because, you know, when the kids come in, sometimes they just grab their food and go. I'm like, where are you going to sit? And they don't like it. I mean, it's a challenge. And then when they sit, they have the phones with them, uh, No, nope, put the phone away. I and mean, it's it's becoming a struggle. But that's that's been the new culture today. Like, you know, everybody's on their own. Everybody's in a rush.
0: And I'm here to tell you that the struggle is worth you winning. You got to win this one because you're not doing your kids a service by allowing them to just go. And, and I also, I mean, your kids need to understand you're not their servant, you're their teacher. So you should not be the only one washing the dishes, cleaning it up, setting the table, all that stuff. If you, I mean, I can't believe the stories I hear about parents taking their kids to college and having them not know how to wash clothes or cook or set a table or any of that stuff. I mean, why Why is it okay to maybe just barely pass a calculus class but totally flunk life? I mean, right?
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, first of all, you're right, Lynn. I mean, think about this. you You will go in life. Yeah. past college and you know what or well, even past high school and then you're going to move out of your home and you get life is going to be there and life is not going to tell you like you know you can't eat you can't go you're going to have to figure out oh, way. finances will actually be against you if you're just eating outside you're never going to make <laughs> any ends meets because you break you bring it and you spend it right yeah. so you know cooking healthy that's the other thing talking about healthy eating and stuff you're not going to do that if you always eat outside maybe you know once in a blue moon you crave something you go out that's a different story but but you're right. the the best way to eat is to to eat like I people used to make fun of me at work. I used to bring food home uh, to the office, you know, home cooking. And they're like, oh, and they made fun of you. Well, they were just like, oh, you always bring in your own food. Like you don't want to eat outside. Know, like, it's healthier, you know. That that was it. I mean, I'm talking about years back, and but that was it. Like I bring you know, you know homemade stuff, and they're like, what is that? Well, it's just homemade cooking.
0: And Some did you ever say to them and look at me and then look at you skinny? You know, I mean, <laughs> well,
1: Hello? I, I, I didn't go there, but, <laughs> but you I know wish what? I'd
0: been with you. I could have <laughs> gone there for you. Like, look <laughs> at him. And now let's look at you.
1: Well, you know I, what you're right. And there's, there's that. And people sometimes don't realize. It. And then say, like, well, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Well, there's a few things that you, you mentioned something about diabetes. Uh, and that's actually the core of the discussion is that when I found out that my mom had diabetes and that's 30 plus years ago, literally 30 years ago, exactly. To the, to, to the time, to the day, to the month. And, and uh, so I was much younger and it didn't care. I mean, I was very active and stuff, but as soon as I hit that 30 mark and my doctor says, you know what, your mom is diabetic. It's time for you to start, you know, really being serious about it. I, I had gained weight and um, it was not good. And I started really not feeling right about it. So that's when I made that commitment to your point. Like, it's got you got to do something you have to you know commit to this it's not going to be overnight but you have to do it like the addiction you mentioned right it's it's a
0: decision decision to be healthy
1: and it is and and it was like and some people even like over the years they're like wow what a transformation what did you do well you know i just took it serious i wasn't like playing anymore because your health is health is wealth as i you know we we know about that expression and so the first thing is literally is cutting sugars and, and and i'm talking all sugars and like tea, coffee. I mean, coffee some there's discussion about coffee, but I can't live without it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's one oh, thing
0: no, coffee is coffee is coming out on top in the research.
1: Coffee's doing without fun. without additives, with that milk, without sugar. There's
0: nothing yeah. in it but coffee.
1: Yes. And and I, I got into this and it took a minute to to get to acquire the taste for you know for it. Uh even tea, like without any sugar, it's kind of blunt. But but eventually you you get to really like taste. Do you
0: drink it. do you drink green tea?
1: Green tea, yeah green tea? Well, yeah, primarily green tea. I mean, it's it's the, the and with mint and you know, other you know, kind of herbs, but, but really, uh, it's, it's, it's a big difference in terms of how and literally that help plus obviously exercise, you know, dieting, everything else has to be in place. Uh, the only thing I didn't give up is the meat, but I'm not a big meat eater. I just eat it, you know, uh, here Okay, and, there. and
0: what I want to say to you, and anyone else who, who doesn't think they can give up meat. If you eat meat that is raised by someone you know, if you know that farmer, that rancher's name, and it's grass-fed, I don't mean grass-fed that at Safeway, it's got a little sign on it that says grass-fed. I mean, really, pasture-raised beef, okay, all right. But it's got to be pasture-raised, real, you know, a a. a Steer that was brought up on actual dirt with grass, not corn fed not factory fed same with pork. Okay, but I would prefer that you knew the first name of the animal as well as the first name of the farmer. You you've got to know where it's coming from very important and so you're not going to eat as much of it, just because it's harder to find that but. It's all the difference in the world hurricane to the, the quality of what you're putting in your body what that animal has eaten, you are now eating what that animal has experienced you're now experiencing. In some metaphysical way, so whether you accept that or not, I hope that if you're going to continue to eat meat you insist on wild caught fish and pasture-raised animals. And chicken, especially chicken, I want you to know that that is a college-educated, well-adjusted, happy chicken who has eaten real bugs and experienced life and grass and all that. Um, If you're gonna have eggs, make sure they come out of a hen who's happy and well-adjusted and then okay. But the quality of the meat that you're eating, or any of the animal products that you're eating, makes all the difference. Absolutely a huge difference.
1: Then thank you for that advice. And I know that is the real thing. That's actually what we should be looking for. And that's used to be the place that's used to be the way you get your meat, that's used to be how you get your eggs, you know, Uh, some some of us may have better luck with, with, with finding that kind of meat. I mean, if you're in some states, Closer to more farmland, you probably can. But a lot of us, in unfortunately in the metropolitan areas, you know, you go to a supermarket, and even if you go to like the whole food types or like you know the the more organic, you know, platforms, you might get lucky. But again, I'm not even going to speculate or or make a this you know. A, a it's much
0: that. easier just to quit. And when know. people say to me, okay, what are the like three things you know the the most important things about good health and long life, um, and so that I can be as mean as you. Um, they're they're these things. Um, First, sugar, drop it like a hot rock. Mm. Don't just cut back, just quit sugar. Make it a rule that you're not going to eat anything with sugar snuck into it in any way. You're going to read labels. You're going to be very aware. You're not going to eat sugar. That's number one. Number two is if you have to eat meat, make sure it's pasture-raised healthy animals, three, no dairy. Eggs are not dairy, by the way. I'm talking about cow's milk because it is virtually impossible for you to buy milk or butter or cheese that is raised in any kind of healthy way. The dairy industry doesn't work that way. So what you're buying when you're buying cow's products, cow's milk in any form it's antibiotics, it's growth hormone. And I love the way this one friend put it. She said, milk comes out of a cow and is intended to take an 80 pound calf to a 2000 pound bull in a few weeks. So think about it. Is that a thing you really want in your body? And now there's a lot of science about, for example, type 1 diabetes. There's a, there are a lot of studies pointing to milk, cow's milk consumption as an infant or a small child as being a cause for type 1 diabetes. Because it it is difficult for human children to digest and and uh process in their bodies and i mean we we've been through all these decades of milk does the body good and you know calcium and people say well how do you get i get all my calcium from vegetables it's not a problem so the so quit sugar like Mm -hmm. a hot rock if you're going to eat meat make it the best you can possibly find meat that somebody really cared about raising properly and then three quit dairy and what's going to happen when you quit dairy is all of a sudden your allergies are going to go away the runny nose the icky skin all that stuff it's gone and people say well why i wish i'd known that you know long time ago but i'm telling you now um you can be so much healthier really fast if you just don't do those few things and then one more that's going to sound I know, really hard impossible. I would like to see you eating dark greens, two or three times a day.
1: So I was gonna ask you about what some of the foods that, that we should be looking into. So let's get into that one. So when dark you say dark greens, greens such
0: dark as greens. so chard, greens, kale, kale. spinach, all of those that, that your grandmother told you about and you didn't listen, well, I'm here for her. And I'm telling you that you can do it. You can throw it in smoothies. I keep frozen spinach and peas and stuff in my freezer and I just put and dump it in the blender. I don't measure anything, I just dump it in. And I know kind of roughly, and it's in my book, how to combine things. So this flavor is good with that flavor kind of thing. But so you can, and soup, and I've got a recipe in the book that's called Genius Soup. People have loved it for a long time. It's, it, I've, this is like my fourth book and it's a recipe that is, has been out there before because it's a thing you make on Sunday or Saturday. It's easy. And then you got this whole pot and then you, you do something different to it Monday and then something else on Tuesday and Wednesday, but it's full of vegetables. That's how you get your vegetables in is make yourself a big pot of soup. You can also throw it in the the blender and make a, a creamy soup out of it. But if you're not, the problem with the way people eat, they're eating bread and meat three times a day. So eggs, sausage, hamburger for lunch, dinner is a steak and something, potatoes. The problem with that is not what you are eating so much as what you're not eating. It means you're not eating all this great food where the nutrition is. Vegetables, the greens, that's where the nutrition is. And so if you're filling up on tacos, you're, I mean, nothing against tacos. Tacos are fine if you use good materials and make them out of whole stuff. But um, I want you to have all the color and texture and nutrition in your diet that you can. And when it comes to weight loss, a thing that misses so many people is that the way these foods are designed now, that even right down to the hamburgers and the bread and everything, are to keep you eating. Hmm. They don't want you full, they want you to keep eating. So when you start eating healthy, nutrient dense food, and you know what I mean by nutrient dense, rich, yeah,
1: you don't feel like eating more. You're just basically full already, good. That's and right. then
0: you're fine. And another thing that is going to be shocking for a lot of people that all of the research coming out of the places that are doing these studies, not just in mice, but human studies, too, is as much about when you eat as what you eat. And it's interesting to me because I first heard about this from my Ayurvedic doc friend who who taught me about the Ayurvedic tradition, and that is that, that your body is hot and burning its fuel in the middle of the day and so you should eat in the middle of the day when your body is is working on that and then as the day wanes and the sky gets a little darker and the sun goes down you stop you don't eat anymore at the end of the day you're done um and that's always worked well for me i've i've been doing that but now there are all these studies that say that the healthiest, what you can add apparently like a decade to your life by changing when you eat, by reducing the number of meals that you have. You can eat the same amount of calories, the same food. If you eat it in a short period of time or even in one meal in the middle of the day, I mean, just stuff yourself if you feel like it, um, but then you have to not eat for a fairly long period of time. Um, And the technical term for it is autophagy, which took me a while to pronounce, but it's this process that takes place in your body of cleaning the cells. So, and the the picture that I like to paint of it is, you're done eating at three, four in the afternoon, you're done. And then that gives the night crew time to come in you know if you see it out on the streets it's these guys who at night they're doing this stuff because there's no traffic right and they're taking care of everything and they're they're sweeping and they're trimming and they're doing all this stuff if you're throwing pizzas down your gullet at 11 o'clock at night what you're doing is this crew is going wait wait, wait this guy's throwing pizza we can't well, you? so the cleaning crew has to stand back while the pizza comes roaring in and they have to get the over time processing crew back. And that's a a kind of childish way of saying it. But if you take one thing away from this discussion today, I want you to take away the idea and the, the technical name is autophagy that you can really extend your life and hugely improve your health by eating fewer meals, by eating in less amount of time during the day.
1: I'm just, I'm just mesmerized. I'm listening in and I'm just taking all that in. And by the way, it's funny because I do that. Believe it or not, I only have a light breakfast and one meal. And it's usually around, you know, 435 or just about that late lunch and early dinner, no more food. And and I've been doing that for years and it it worked for, and um, I do have a background in martial arts and in, in the martial arts tradition, uh, ancient, you know, um, even the samurai and the ninja, what they call the, the, the ninja diet, they only ate when they needed the nutrition once, you know, for every day to just get all the stuff. And it was all healthy business. And it kept them agile, as healthy as they could. I mean, they're warriors for God's sake. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I'll bet they sat down when oh, they yes. ate. And I'll bet they ate gratefully. And I'll bet even if they were eating alone, they tried to eat with some reverence for their food and where they were
1: that's a big deal you know you. we we stopped taking time to enjoy a meal i think but now it's like fast 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 everything and and, and you're right there's a cultural thing that that you know based on industry marketing the power of marketing talks about like you know milk it does your body good these are things that we are conditioned to through suggestive you know uh uh and subliminal messages and we get those and they're stuck in our you know uh subconscious and we you know, apply those things without even knowing. But you're right, those are things that we were conditioned to. And then it shifted a little bit how really things should be in reality, but how we go about them. But that's been a challenge. Uh and so a lot of things have become difficult for for us and the new generation is even worse. Because, like I said, I mean they're just gonna have a much more difficult time to to live a healthy life. And you're right, you're talking about sugar at early age. My, you know, my youngest son is 15. And he's already pre, you know, diagnosed as pre, pre-diabetic, pre uh, which, which by the way, you're right. The milk, high content sugar. And by the way, there's something that I was studying recently. As, as just in, I always look at articles and you know things, you know, it's going on in the meds because of the channel and everything. And uh, there's a big link between now uh, sugar and cancer, and that that's a huge, oh, that's
0: a thing. A huge <laughs> thing. Huge
1: thing. Huge thing. Yeah, yeah it, it is. So, so sugars. I mean. Uh, cancer cells crave sugar. So if you give it sugar, they're just going to continue without sugar and more oxygen, they're just dying, you know, so there's a lot of that, that those new studies that that are really, but the problem is because of a challenge, right? You have these studies that come in, and then you have all these manufacturers and things that can to produce more and do more, they'll do all the other stuff and to make sure that people are still not aware or, or give some sort of a, I guess, different opinion about it, you know, so there's that debate. But every person should do their own due diligence and look into things and do their research and don't take it from us. I mean, you could please, (laughs) but you know, if you don't take it, just go take this, find out the articles, do the journals, whatever, Uh, reach out to doctors and you'll find there's more to this discussion that that, that we all need to know about. Yes. You want to say something.
0: You make me think too, talking about your son, um, young folks and not so young folks these days are carrying Frappuccino coffees around all day right you go into starving you're just <laughs> going to get a coffee well in that coffee is it's almost all milk and sugar and what's happening now is dentists are saying oh my gosh affluent families who see their dentists often have rotten teeth now they're rotting their teeth out because they're holding this sugary substance against their teeth and gums all day
1: all day. That's that's a big point you just made. And and you know you're right. We drink like we're supposed to drink water, just plain water.
0: Okay, <laughs> that, got mine
1: right here. Right. So 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 now now, now here's a challenge. We drink more of anything else in, in, in terms of beverages that have and everything that we pretty much drink out there today has high sugar period besides the colors and all the stuff that's thrown in there it's all high you know concentrated sugar so you're you're really taking so much sugar just through your liquids without even adding the food concept then you have your natural sugars that come in from your if there's
0: anyone listening to this show who is still drinking soda Mm -hmm. would you please stop please i want to save you but here's a recipe you're going to love this and it's at our house all the time. And when I have guests, I serve it all the time. And you take regular old mineral water, bubble water. You add a little splash of 100% cranberry juice with no sugar in it and a squeeze of lemon. And maybe put some fancy little lemon slices in it. If for you want your company, it's delicious. It's so good. It's not too sweet. It's pink. It's pretty. Kids love it. And it's good for you. And it's inexpensive. There you go, free. And it's also in my book.
1: I, I I agree. And by the way, there's one thing you mentioned. Since you mentioned soda, and and this was my experience. Uh, again, just about 20 years ago, I had the most horrifying experience of having kidney stones, <gasps> and and. That was like, you know, again, I mean, I the description of it that would not do it justice. I was just literally jumpy. And there's nothing I could do morphine didn't do it. But, uh, you know, and and I tend to give a lot of my true stories on the shows and people may think that it's just like, you know, anecdotal stuff. They're real. And I I don't have any reason to lie about them. I think sometimes it's almost important that if you experience something to share it,
0: people don't make up stories about kidney stones.
1: (laughs) Uh, Trust me, it it was no, it was not fun. And and I've experienced a light episode about maybe a few months back. And trust me, one thing that I did, you know, the doctors told me soda does create some of these things. And, you know, for whatever reason, it is a big contributor. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, damn it, no more. And I stopped besides the fact that soda has so much sodium in it. And even when you take the diet stuff, I mean, now the diet, we can talk about all the the sweeteners that are all chemical and and things like that. There's a whole discussion about that. Uh, So I, again, it's conscious decisions that you make. And that's the bottom line. You want to stay healthier your blood pressure is doing good i mean again we don't know if we're going to ever get sick but we do the best to prevent it if we can that's called preventative right and and that's the key element of everything you know you'd rather if you know that something's going to be bad for you why would you even entertain it and that's it
0: and people seem to forget that they're not just inflicting this on themselves thank you somebody is going to have to take care of you you are giving up your autonomy You are giving up your agency to this person or people who will have to take care of your sorry butt when you are no longer able to take care of yourself. And why is it so hard for people to visualize themselves down the road? It's like, if I can choose between this or this which do I choose? You know, do I choose the wheelchair and dialysis? Or do I choose taking tango lessons with my sweetheart? Y- you know, I mean, up to you, to a very great extent, it's up to you.
1: Len, you mentioned two keywords a couple of times dialysis, right? Uh, we're talking about kidney issues, diabetes is a destructive power for kidneys, also vision, as we know, Uh, you know, extremities, people, you know, lose their, their, you know, legs, you know, feet, whatever. I mean, it's, it's very serious. It's a, it's a silent killer, as they say it is one of the main, you know, uh, catastrophic, you know, things. It's also very expensive to maintain. I mean, you know, insulin itself is very expensive. And so if you're, again, talking about medical costs and everything, even if you don't pay for it, it's still costing somebody a lot of money. So, so all these things are preventable and we can certainly manage them sooner than later. And unfortunately you're right. We just don't, you know, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. I'm good. I'm good. But you don't know until it happens. It's too late. And, but, but it's not too late. As you said earlier, it is, there's a point that you can revert reverse things, You you can't. but you got to make again the healthiest and and tough choices. And it will take some time to, you know, to turn things around. So we, we want to give people hope that even if you are there, you can make a difference. If you're not there, you have an advantage. If you're getting close or stuff, it is time to start. The key is to start the better habits, to start doing the right thing for you. And again, there's plenty out there, and you know everybody can be affected and afflicted with these things. Diabetes uh, is not just for any particular group. And you you mentioned something else about you know the sugar uh, and the dentist, even that. I mean. Wants to have, you know, it's not easy not to have your teeth. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's a tough thing, right? And uh, it's
0: expensive.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, dentistry is expensive. You're right. And and again, so it's a lot of things. At the end of the day, you you want to be healthy globally. Head, you know, <laughs> spirit, physical, mind, soul, everything has to be the same. And we have there are certain steps to to really take to be at your best, right? And we can all do that. Now, now you mentioned something key about you this is not a decision that affects only you, but affects your family. If you have dialysis, somebody else is going to have to, to manage you and take you back and forth. It's not going to be fun. If you're you know, you have to do insulin, somebody's going to manage this. Uh, if you don't manage it correctly. Now you have they need to
0: give up a good part of their life to take care of you and worry about you. Because you haven't worried about yourself. Um, and I, I see it all the time. Uh, it's um and who we we can't imagine ourselves having our legs amputated can we i mean that um but, but you- it happens
1: it happened to many and it can right. always happen yeah. yeah well you you said something also about autonomy think yeah. about this i mean who doesn't want to do what they love to do and who wants to just be seen i mean I get the same struggle with my mother. Like, you know, you got to do stuff. You got to be active, you got to stuff Because without it, I mean, it's just going to get worse. And I know you would not want anybody to carry you and carry you or do things. You want to do things. She's very, uh, you know, active on her own and she likes to be as autonomous as, as she, she, she needs to be. But if she doesn't do correctly, you know, that can be the problem. And so I always try to portray that. Listen, would you want someone to hold you, take you, bring you the... No, you don't want someone to maintain you. You want to do this as long as you live. Well, the only way to do it, you cannot allow this this disease to actually get the bottom, you know, of you. so, so, so we, we tried, that's, that's a message I actually, my discussion with my mom personally, and, you know, she does her best to, to maintain it as, but as much as you can. I mean, obviously with COVID, it's been a little difficult going out, things like that, but, but really, um, you know, and that's the other thing, like when you get to those types of complications, everything else can affect your body, you know, a, a small, like a, You know, a cold, the flu can actually have bad, you know, uh, repercussions on your health. When you're
0: eating the way we talk about, you're eating for your immune system, too. You're eating for your heart. Every system in your body actually benefits from eating the way we're talking about. Everything. There's no downside. Right? That's correct. So why wouldn't you want to do that?
1: it's a question people have to really ask themselves and kind of like really focus on that. And just maybe that's the trigger point is like, Ah, all right, now I know I need to make, hopefully people can listen and and, and they will listen. There's, there's okay, thousands yeah. of people. That, yeah.
0: Here's one more thing. Okay, that people don't know, always that they need to know, is there are sweeteners on the market now that are natural, healthy sweeteners that are really good. It isn't like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where all you could get was equal or aspartame or whatever. Yeah. If you will look for monk fruit or chicory root based sweeteners, uh, and I talk about them in my book, I, I list them all out and talk about the advantages and disadvantages, these sweeteners are amazing. And you can, I mean, the book is full of pie and cake and pancake, all these comfort food recipes that you can make with these sweeteners and you make them, instead of making them with flour and butter and cream, you're making them with pumpkin and nut butter, which not only is super good for you, but it tastes better. I mean, these things are yummy uh, and the texture is great. It's just knowing how to do it with whole foods, with better foods. Because when you eat a brownie or a donut made the way dunkin donuts makes it you might as well just be you know hurting yourself i mean they're they're doing damage every time you take one of those into your body you're damaging your body and i'm i know i sound like i'm exaggerating but it's micro it's small but how many do you have in a lifetime how many do you have in a month or a year so there's recipes for donuts here it's right here here's a book If you want to eat a donut, make it from my recipes in here. Bake them yourself at home. They're fantastic. They're really good. And who doesn't want a pink frosting donut with sprinkles on it, right? And yet, if you make them this way, they're healthy. They're better than one of those health bars you get in the store and cheaper too. So the brownies that I'm talking about, are a meal, they're made with pumpkin and nut butter and um, spices, real cocoa and not much else. They're simple and yummy and they're healthy.
1: And, and, and we we want people actually to really look into this book and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to put I already put the actual description and, and the link, you know, Good. for the okay. Amazon, it's so on, I can on put it down now. I don't have to. Yeah, it. yeah you, we have it. And by the way, you know, that, the idea is that we want people actually to reach out and, and get the, the information in the book. And, and really, I mean, listen, we buy things all the time, you know, sometimes, you know, two recipes can change our lives in from that book. And that's, that's the key. And maybe we're going to like every one of them and use it all, you know? So at the end of the day, uh, if you really want to take care of yourself and your health, uh, we, you audit yourself to actually look at things and, and find and discover new things. We are bringing the resources to you through the platform. And by the way, I want to ask this question to you, uh, Lynn, you know, you talked, I talked, we talked about the age. You do not look your age. <laughs> well,
0: you, but what does my age look like? Why well,
1: that's right. It's a, a very excellent point. But but when when we mentioned something about 75, people have a perception of what 75 looks like. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the issue. And I, you and I had the, the discussion before about I work with seniors and I've seen them in all spectrums. I've seen them younger, but not as healthy and as youthful. And then I've seen them at older age and I mean, even the 90s. And they were like brilliant, you know, with, with vibrant energy and dancing and doing the stuff and they were just keeping up it's all again, it's to your point, it's how you treat this body and how you build.
0: Okay. It. let's be really honest, we're mm-hmm. on zoom. So there's this filtery thing. <laughs> do to. yeah took okay. it <laughs> right and so it makes you look just a little better maybe than you would if you were you know in a different light or whatever
1: I, I, i'll take it zoom on zoom because i can tell you one thing you know the you do look healthier you do look you know very active and you know i'm sure you do that's that's a question i want to ask someone would ask well do you do any exercise also in addition to all this Me? or does does this conflict i mean eating like being vegan 100 does that conflict with you doing uh that you don't need any exercise or you do want to combine that with some sort of a regimen of workout or any moderate activity
0: three days a week now right now because omicron just started and so on Mm -hmm. it's my little neighborhood studio is stopping for the moment but most weeks i go three days a week to a trx and pilates workout at a little neighborhood oh honey um, little studio, she, my trainer Kristen is brilliant. She's wonderful, she's very patient with some of us who aren't terribly young anymore. But I do planks, you know, I do stretches, I do all this stuff. Love it, it's so fun, and socially, it's great. You know, these are my friends. I have a treadmill right next to me over here that I use um, whenever I can, and I have a great big dog or two. Here's here, this is Vigo right here you go you're on camera I think Um, I
1: did see him coming through
0: (laughs) okay so I've got Mm. two dogs in here um so yeah no you got to move you have to move all the time and then when I'm not doing that I've got swamp rock on real loud and I'm dancing in the other room so I recommend that um, especially okay. when
1: nobody can see you. <laughs> right. Well even if they, who cares right? I mean, at right. the end of the, it's your yeah. life. you that, yeah. that's what I want to convey to people. You you don't want to collapse. you don't want to just kind of like you know shut down. You want to be and I, this is also psychology speaking. The more you are vibrant, the more you're alive in your activities, the more you're alive, literally. <laughs> Bottom line and, and it keeps you younger, keeps you like energetic. Uh, the more you kind of just stay closed up with no activity, it just everything shuts down. It's the body needs to be dynamic. If you, you put it in a uh, stagnating mode, it's just gonna like really just, you know, you
0: have to move, you have to move. Yeah, however, you can. <laughs> there goes, you go. Um, yes, and pets. Pets are good for us. And they're good for your microbiome too. You know, it's, it's good to have some um, little micro creatures in the air. Uh, it's good for your belly.
1: Uh, Listen, you've given us so much (laughs) good, good, good juice here. A lot of insights and good stuff. I mean, the real things. I mean, these are not things that just were so
0: so, (laughs) and I hope people know they can get in touch with me on my on my website, linbowman.com. And I love it when people take pictures of their recipes that they're making from my book and send them or if you want to ask me questions about anything that I've said or recommend or any of the recipes. Uh, I'm, I, I'm happy to hear from people. So there's a, there's a message form on my uh, uh, website that you can reach me through. So please do that. Love to hear from you.
1: Thank you. And actually, the, the site also is on the description of the show. So they will have both the book link in Amazon and the site. Okay. So please do so. And again, folks, uh, all our shows are designated, they're dedicated for you and your health. You take the best of it. You, you take the most, whatever, you know, the messaging here. Uh, these, these are things that are vetted out. You know, you're looking at Lynn and she's been, you know, using all these things, you know, for years and it's been good to her. It could be good to you. It could be good to all of us. Uh, take one, two, three items from her message and apply it and it will make a difference in your life and your cherished, you know, and loved ones, right? You can do this. Uh, And that's the bottom line. So so we, we, yes, exactly. We we're here to just send a message and help people. And some of it may be obvious, like, you know, you maybe we're preaching to the choir, who knows. But at the end of the day, uh, if this is already something you do, great, keep it up. If you're not, maybe it's time for you to start or at least to to be aware of what's available out there and what can work and what doesn't. Uh, So that being said, I mean, we've, we've uh, just exceeded a little bit of the hour here. And uh, I know, your 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 dear friend there is actually uh seeking some attention. <laughs> I
0: think it's time.
1: <laughs> I know it's like oh come on, it's time. That's it. He is he, right? I'm assuming he, she. It,
0: this is a boy, and then there's a, a girl right over right. there. This well, is-,
1: he, he is quite nice and comfortable There's like, you know, I'm not gonna bother with this guy.
0: <laughs> He's a happy guy,
1: yeah. He is, he is. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you for the for being on the show and for sharing with us all the stuff. Thank it's all great. Thank you
0: so much. So great to finally meet you face-to-face instead of just our messages back and forth.
1: Well, we, we made it.
0: And, and anytime you'd like me to come back and do more, um, holler, I'm, I'm here.
1: You have more to offer and we're definitely going to have to do that. Okay. So, so there's a lot more stories that I hear from you and want to ask questions about.
0: I got stories.
1: Well, it, it's, listen, we can take this to the next level, which is motivation, inspiration, and you have plenty of that. And we want to bring you back on that topic Thank as well.
0: Thank you.
1: Okay. So thank you, folks. Thank you for watching the iHealth Channel. Listen no iHealth Radio. Um, Hurricane H here. We'll be talking soon. Next show, next guest, next topic. Bye for now.